Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gargoyle Podcast, where we take movies seriously, just not ourselves, especially on today's episode. <laughs> I'm Nathan, a.k.a. the Gargoyle. And I'm Eric, a.k.a. the Chimerican. And on today's episode, uh, we're doing something a little bit special, because we are both super swamped at work and haven't had time to watch a movie. That's true. I've watched a few movies, but no, nothing that... Don't lie. Like, I'd have to do it piecemeal. No, like you've watched movies like, like you've days. seen that a movie exists. Like you picked it up. That's true. Oh, I watched it. Look, this movie is here. It exists. <laughs> that is the extent of my movie watching Pretty recently. Much. Um, yeah, it, we th- things have been very, very busy. Um, not just with work, but apparently Eric is another year older today. Happy birthday, Eric. I am. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's very kind of you, sir. Well, you know, get the boring stuff out of the way first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, so we've not had a chance to like really focus in on a movie. So today we're doing sort of like a, a, a 20 year high school reunion talking about, except not just high school, a 20 year reunion. Um, talking about like where are they now for fictional characters from movies from 1999. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a little bit of ad libbing on my part, which I'm a little nervous about because I'm not great at it. I'm not a uh, I'm not an improv kind of guy, but well, we'll see where it goes. I put a little bit of thought into some of these, but some of this I'm going to have to just come up with on the spot. Yeah, there uh, there were so many movies that we wanted to talk about. Um, especially since Central Cinema has been playing some movies from 99. It's like, oh, man, we can do this one and appear with what they're doing. We can do this mm-hmm. one appear with what they're doing. But like every time that we would try to get the movie watched and record, it would be after they've already showed it. Yeah. Which just seems kind of very anticlimactic. A little bit. Um, and this movie did play somewhere where you can no longer <laughs> see it. Only for time travelers. Uh, and also Junk Food Cinema has been doing their class of 99 and... We absolutely adore junk food cinema, probably like to an unhealthy amount. A little bit. We might mildly stalk them. Um, love you guys. Uh, Brian wished me happy birthday on Facebook today. That was that was nice. Oh, that was nice of him. So he he at least is aware and is <laughs> he's not aware like, that you exist. He's aware of us. Yes. <laughs> no, we we absolutely adore junk food cinema. We got to meet him at uh, the Chat Film Fest this year. Had an absolute blast, and like they are one of our inspirations to the point where. Sometimes we have to rein it in and not actively try to be too much like them. Yes. But they've been doing their class of 99. And so any of the movies that we've wanted to talk about, like, oh, we could talk about Fight Club and barely even scratch the surface of um, of when Cargo was talking about the inauthentic versus the authentic. Oh, yeah, man. That was great. You guys, anybody who has not listened to that episode of Junk Food <clears throat> should definitely go check out the Fight Club episode. And I'm not even like... <clears throat> I'm not the biggest fan of Fight Club, mostly because of the way that the uh, the uh, alt right has embraced the movie, which isn't fair to the movie. But it's just I like it irritates me when I see people talk about that movie at this point. But anyway, it's it's a great movie, but it's one that like I don't revisit as much as I used to, and I don't like as much as I used to. But man, that's a great episode of Junk Food. Well, and listening to Cargo talk about like what the movie is about, it just brings in so. <laughs> It brings in so much context to make the alt-right embracing it seem even sillier. Even more, like, ridiculously yeah. ironic. and <laughs> Yeah, because, like, Fight Club is not glorifying the uh, nihilism. Not it's actually even. saying, like, no, this is... This is just as bad as being inauthentic and it living is, out of an Ikea catalog. It's so damn strange how, how they just do about. not understand the content. Like, how that movie is being embraced as like a Bible for people who completely miss the point of the film. Yeah. That it is totally a, 
like a criticism of toxic masculinity and then now it's be- becoming an arbiter of toxic ma- masculinity it's so weird yeah it's uh it's a lot of fun but but yeah like cargo goes into that and um then we're like oh we, we could talk about the matrix and not do anywhere near as good of a job as as they did or we can talk and just the, like all the movies yeah. that we wanted to talk about Junk food cinema was already covering. Yeah. And well, we're gonna put our own spin on it in this in this episode a little bit. We'll cover some of those movies, <laughs> rather than being very very serious about you know like how much we love it, we're just gonna make silly silly little jokes. <laughs> um, but yeah, seriously, if if you do not already listen to junk food cinema, go do that. They are absolutely amazing, and we love them. There's so many other people that do podcasts that we also love, but we just happen to mention them because you know class of '99. Um. But speaking of uh, Class of 99 and Central Cinema playing the uh, some movies from 99, it is also their anniversary this week. So happy anniversary, guys. Yeah, that's way more important than my birthday. It is. Let's just, let's just get that out of the so way now. It is so much more important. That is definitely the anniversary <laughs> we should be celebrating is Central Cinema. <clears throat> I mean, I have known them longer. That is true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I have not, but I love them very much, and I like them a lot more than I like myself, apparently. We'll go with that. I thought you were about to say you like them a lot more than you like me. <laughs> no, that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> I was like, whoa, accurate, but still. Come on, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, it is their anniversary, their one-year anniversary. Um, super exciting, and it is so great to see like how far they've come in the past year because I was following um, you know a lot of the stuff before the theater had opened to see like whether they were talking about what movies they were going to be showing and just kind of seeing some of the progress on the construction and it's just great to see like how well, how well things have gone so far over the past year yeah and they're going I, I love this god I love this so much mostly because it's just like it sounds so dumb and so therefore perfect they're celebrating their dinoversary yeah i don't okay this is something i actually don't i'm not aware of what's the jurassic park connection to the anniversary because they have like the jurassic park logo and everything for central cinema i don't know but i do know that they're doing a special uh special jurassic park event for members only so if you are a member of uh one of the founding members or even like have joined the the membership of central cinema and somehow don't know that they're doing that yeah they're doing a members only event uh but yeah for their anniversary they're showing jurassic park um the land before time and fire in the sky Mm -hmm. so like certainly movies that you're not going to see in theaters unless you go to an indie theater and does fire in the sky have dinosaurs that's an uh, alien movie right i assume alien dinosaurs i've not actually seen it i don't know what i'm talking about i I don't like movies I just do this to avoid talking to real people. Makes sense. <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, no, the, like Jurassic Park, one of my all-time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And so like, I, I love the fact that they're showing it in theaters because I would love to see it in theaters again. I just wish we'd live closer. Uh, yeah, I know. It would be so great. Yeah. We need a place like that closer to us. Yeah. Or we just need to move to Knoxville. That too. I'd that's be cool that's a that. better idea. So, uh, yeah, happy anniversary, Central Cinema. You have shown some absolutely amazing films over the last year, and we we are so excited to see where things go, and I like it seems like they're doing well. Absolutely. Obviously, they want more people to keep showing up to, to more screenings, but, I, I mean, who, who doesn't? Right, yeah. The, here's the thing that I uh, am love slash am impressed with. An indie theater. That is showing movies that like you can rent them somewhere. You don't have to go to a theater to watch them. Like they're surviving. 
not just showing you know new blockbusters of all places yeah and and like they're not just showing new movies they do show some new movies um like they're going to be showing freaks on september 13th and tigers are not afraid as well on september 13th so like they've got some new (laughs) amazing movies coming out um but but yeah like they show old movies and they show stuff from the 90s and they show sometimes very silly movies they show and, old silent movies. They did Battleship Potemkin with like a uh, a live orchestra, which is pretty amazing. God, that's amazing. They uh, they show documentaries. They do uh, stuff like with the um, like local and regional archiving. So it's showing stuff about the region, and so like they're just doing all of these events and showing all of these films that. I'm a little surprised people have been going to, but like surprised in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. That people are getting out of their homes and actually going to the theater. And I just, I, I love that. Yes. So thank you all for all the work that you do and for all of the wonderful memories that we have made so far and will make in the future. Yes. Uh, especially including the Knoxville Horror Film Festival, which is coming up on October 17th through 20th. That's uh it is, it is one of my favorite times of year. I say, I say that about a few things, <laughs> many things, really. Um, but yeah, that's uh, like the Knoxville Horror Film Festival is where I initially actually I initially met William um, at I want to say Marble City Comic Con, like back in 2016 or 2015. But I've been going to uh, the Knox Horror Fest since 2016 and I absolutely adore it. It is so amazing. And you've been going since last year. Yep. So this will be your second year. Yes. Yeah. And it does not disappoint every single year. This year, they've already announced Depraved uh, from Larry Fessenden, Kindred Spirits from Lucky McKee, uh, The Gore Cut of Taming the T-Rex. <laughs> Cannot wait for this. All right. There are more things they're showing, but I want to stop here and talk about the fact that they're showing the gore cut of Tammy and the T-Rex. I didn't know this is a thing that existed. I remember seeing this movie as a kid and like as an adult thinking that I made it up or dreamed <laughs> about it and then realizing that it was actually a real movie. So it's exciting. And I had no idea that there was that there was an R-rated version originally. And uh, that just makes it even more fascinating to me. I have I cannot wait to see this. Yeah, I have not seen it. I have only watched the trailers, but I've watched the trailer for the uh just the actual movie and then i watched the trailer for the unrated cut and watching the trailer for the pg-13 version it seems silly enough like the kind of movie that i would enjoy Mm. the uncut gore version is just like this is the movie that it should have been i knew that something was missing (laughs) and it was just ridiculousness is what it was missing uh for those of you who are unaware of anything about team and the t-rex here's the plot synopsis on imdb an evil scientist implants the brain of michael a murdered high school student into a tyrannosaurus no mention of how the tyrannosaurus exists just the fact that they put his brain into it he escapes, wreaks vengeance on his high school tormentors, and is reunited with his sweetheart, Tammy. Yep. It's a uh, gender-flipped Christine, only with a, uh, a, a T-Rex <laughs> instead of a uh, Plymouth Fury. <laughs> I, that's the mashup that I want to see. That's the buddy cop movie I want. Christine, Christine and the and T-Rex. The T-Rex. <laughs> well, and one of the, uh, again, having not seen it, one of the promo stills in IMDb has Tammy kind of just cuddling up with the T-Rex. And I have so many questions about what's happening in that scene. Yeah, there's definitely, I, I don't remember the movie very well, but there's definitely some some kind of T-Rex romance going on because it's her boyfriend. So, so it's, are, it's, are they having it's odd. T-Sex? 
no 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 i don't are you I don't, sure no, i'm just saying that to that joke that's 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 so bad it's so bad <sighs> i don't know i don't know maybe in the maybe in the uncut version there's there's more going on who knows we'll see uh bt dubs tammy played by denise richards yeah and michael the t-rex played by paul walker i know yeah god rest his soul i know it's that's sad but um but yeah it's got a pretty interesting cast yeah, this is a movie that those two people started in at one point. That I don't know if starred in is the word that I would use, but they were definitely in it. They both existed in in the movie. They did. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Anywho, I so cannot wait to see that. Like that, I might be more excited about that than uh, most of the other films that have already been announced. I'm excited about all of them, but I am like I'm just I was that was definitely the announcement that stuck out to me the most, to be honest with you, because it was just so unexpected. Like some of these other movies I kind of expected to be there and I'm still excited about, it, of course, but I'm just thrilled that they are playing this. I, very, very, very excited about. Uh, yes, about everything that they're showing, especially one of the other ones I'm about to announce. Seeing that they're playing Taming the T-Rex made me giddy. Yes. Like I clapped and giggled clapped when like I saw that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I very much because you are literally like... <laughs> clapping like a T Rex right now. So excited. All right. Um yeah, so Tame the the Gore Cut of Tame and the T Rex. Uh Bliss, which was the first movie that they announced. Mm-hmm. Uh they announced that during an evening with Jack Shoulder. So super excited that they're playing Bliss. Uh, we had Graham Skipper and Matt Mercer on the podcast last time. I don't remember when we actually released that episode. That was a few few weeks back, a few episodes back. I think it was the last episode, but... No, we did not trap the devil after them. Did we? I think so. Man, I don't know things. It's hard to keep, it's hard to keep track when you're a time traveler. Yeah. <laughs> That's a callback or a call ahead. Um... Yeah, so Matt and Graham were uh, on the podcast with us doing our summer camp epilogue, but we spent some time talking about Bliss, and that movie just sounds insane. And uh, the the poster that Joe Bagos uh, posted recently mm. looks like I, I need that in my living room. I want people to walk in, see that, and then just walk out. <laughs> if they walk in, that's, that's a good, that's a good <laughs> like litmus that? test for whether or not you should be yes. friends with them. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, I cannot wait to see Bliss. Uh, they've also announced Girl on the Third Floor, which we saw at the Chat Film Fest, and we both loved. Yes. I have questions so about good. it, but I did oh, love it. whatever. Um, so super excited to be seeing that one again, especially since we, we were late to that because we were running from one thing to the other. Yeah, we were. it was uh, Gary Sherman's yeah, that's uh, right. thing about Poltergeist 3 ran over a little bit. And so. I did not want to leave that. Like yeah, I, I left a little bit sooner you, than you did. You I, left at one of the worst times, too. I know. I, well, but I didn't miss very much at all of Girl on the Third Floor, so that was, that was definitely good. Well, I stayed for more of Gary Sherman and get to see Girl on the Third Floor again. So, that's true, uh, yeah. yeah. That's a good, you did say I, something like, I made like, the right you, decision. You probably will get to see it again. And uh, yeah, that that <clears throat> came that came true. It is true. All right, they're also playing Daniel isn't real and porno. Not like they're they're not showing porn. That is the name of a a horror <laughs> film. Yep. Although they they have shown porn without porn. Technically, smut without smut. That's true. Yes, <laughs> I, I can't wait though to tell uh, to tell Allie that I'm going to Knoxville to see porno. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna go over really well that's, in my house. That's certainly gonna be a thing. And and then. When we talk about it, we're going to be talking a lot about porno on the podcast. Yes, we will. 
it's gonna be a it's gonna it's be gonna, a hard conversation. Show up, Ali subscribes to the to the podcast, so it's just gonna show up that we are talking about porno. It's, it's gonna be great. It's, it's gonna be a hard conversation. Very hard. Yeah. It's good. Yep. I'll save more jokes until then. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, they're also going to be uh, announcing the dates of their Grindhouse Grindout uh, during the next wave of announcements, and they still have a ton of stuff to announce. Like, I, I feel like there are still major things they've not announced. Not just kind of like, eh, we'll, we'll tell people what we're showing, but like like something big. I think so. Um, and... The Grindhouse Grindout. I love that they do that, where they just get local filmmakers to do sometimes short films or just like a trailer for a non-existent short or a non-existent film mm-hmm. uh, in, in sort of a Grindhouse style. And it's God, it's it, it was it's really so fun good. last year. They did. They were all exploitation movies. They were all exploitation, and one of them <laughs> is I, I think it was called. Um, Oh crap! I forget which exploitation it was, but it was um, a a murdering horse or a guy in a horse mask, and it was called Nightmare. Yes, <laughs> and then like they did a sequel. So there have been two Nightmare Grindhouse Grindouts. I love it. Love so it great. so much. That one was a lot of fun. That was probably my Warms favorite. My heart. I think. That one was a lot of fun. Uh, so, so yeah, anyone in the uh, Knoxville region, if you want to do some sort of short, but you don't like have a fully fledged, like, oh, I have a beginning, middle, and end, throw together a trailer and do the Grindhouse Grind Out. It is, It just seems like so much fun to be involved in that community, and uh, they're certainly a lot of fun to watch. But yeah, the Knoxville Horror Film Fest, October 17th through 20th, and we absolutely love Central Cinema. We love Knoxville Horror Film Fest. We love William and Nick and everyone involved in making both of those things happen. Happy anniversary. We love you guys. Which brings us to uh, one more announcement and then our silliness. Uh, Submissions for this. uh, I know how to words. (laughs) Submissions for the Chattanooga Film Festival are already open. For next year. Yeah, I know. No, for last year. (laughs) Shut up, Nathan. (laughs) Submissions. My job as co-host is to to support you, and that's what I am doing. Let me do it my way. Okay. Chat Film Fest 2020. Submissions are now open. Um, Be a part of that. I earlier when I said that Knoxville is one of my favorite times of year, Chat Film Fest is the other favorite time of year. Like the, these are these two times of year warm my heart so much. They do, and you have Christmas in between. It's just like yep this this latter half and beginning of the year is just the most wonderful time altogether. It's just yep. the summer that sucks. <laughs> Not all of the summer. Got Not all of the, the summer. summer. Mostly because of work, but you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, submissions are already open and uh, Chat Film Fest is not staying dormant. They have been doing a free summer series of uh, movies in the park, which is a lot of fun. We They did that uh, this last year and we saw Creature from the Black Lagoon and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And earlier they did. Oh, crap. What did they? Oh, they did uh, Forbidden, Forbidden Planet. Planet. Yeah, yeah, that's the first one they did. They did, they did that one, and I love that movie. It's so beautiful. I've never seen it, actually. Oh, my God. It's, I wanted to make it out, but I wasn't able to. It is um, not what you expect, but also beautiful in an unexpected way. And it has Leslie Nielsen in it. Yeah. In a non-comedic role. So, true story. Uh, I had some friends over to watch Forbidden Planet, and 
these are friends that have grown up watching mystery science theater and friends who just didn't really care as much about movies Mm. and like watching it. There are definitely some laughable things about it. And so like we were cracking some jokes, not necessarily making fun of the movie because I still hold very high respect for any form of cinema. Plus, I mean, this movie is just iconic, but you know, there were some things that were definitely just silly and old timey and laughable, but it hits a certain point. Um, where they're going underground and you start seeing more of what's really happening and everyone went silent because of just how beautiful it was. And just the music is so captivating that like we, we all just stopped and like 10 minutes later, someone was like, we've not made a joke in a while. It's like, yeah, because this movie is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. You're right. That's awesome. Yeah. I I need to see, I need to, that's, that's a blind, another blind spot for me is like fifties B movies and monster movies. We, ooh, I have ideas for the future. We'll talk about later. And okay. we're not recording. Too many other things to get through. <laughs> the next movie they're showing uh, is going to be on August 14th. They're playing Double Indemnity. And then on August 28th, they're playing Bullet. So if you live near Chattanooga and are looking for something to do on a Wednesday night, go downtown. Watch a movie in the park with people. Yep. Is that Miller Park, right? Yes. Yes. Miller Park. It's a lot of fun. I think they, most of these movies start around eight. It's basically start at dusk. And I think the event starts uh, around 830. Yeah. They've, they've got food trucks around there. They've got, you know, just various things going on. But they start when it's dark enough to watch a movie outside. Yeah. And man, that screen that they have out there in Miller Park oh, is beautiful. Like yeah. it looks so good. Yeah. It, 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 it really is uh, fantastic. So glad they're doing that. All right. That brings us to our main event. Yes. 99 movies 20 years later yes 99 movies yes ready here we go yeah wait are we covering 99 movies 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 from the year 1999 oh Ni- 99 from 99 <laughs> that's what it should have been but we don't have time for that <laughs> that would have been a long podcast even for us <laughs> all right so uh yeah we, we've done things on the podcast before where it's been um you know like beginning middle end where we choose three movies that have nothing to do with each other and put them in the same universe telling the same story mm-hmm. We've done a few like uh, like non-Christmas movies that we'd love to see the Christmas version of. So this is along that same vein of just taking some characters from movies that came out in 1999 and ignoring sequels. We're going yes. to ignore the fact that on some of these movies, we know what happens next. Yes. And we're just going to uh, say where we think they are 20 years later. In 2019. Yes. So before we get started, though, I have yes. a question. Yes. What is your favorite movie from 1999? This is one of the like this has been a big oh, thing God. this year. And I <clears throat> never really picked up on the fact that 99 was a great year for movies. But then kind of looking back, it's like, you know, it's a really fantastic year. Like, I don't know how many of the movies in 99 are some of my favorite movies of all time. There are a few. But like, it is just one of those where it's such a solid year across the board. There are just so many great movies. A couple that I haven't, like, I think my bit, my two biggest omissions may be, like, Magnolia and uh, I haven't seen Eyes Wide Shut. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, some of the, from the movies that I've seen, like, almost all of them are just fantastic. I do not have an answer because, like, when I was going through the list prepping, like, all right, what are all of the movies that came out in 99? And just realizing it's like, oh, man, that came out in 99. That came out in 99. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Like, I knew this, that one. <laughs> oh, like it was overwhelming. And even just trying to narrow down the the, uh, the five that we're going to focus on, even that I was like, I, I want to talk about all of them. So I don't have a favorite because it's tough. God, they're, they're just too many amazing movies from 99. Um, well. I, I don't. Mm, I I want to say Galaxy Quest. Mm-hmm. 
which is so good i don't know if that's God, true I love, I love but Galaxy i Quest. want to say that that would probably be my favorite from 99 okay it, it just it hits so many of the things that i love about cinema like it is in and of itself a well-done movie it is a parody, but without being one of like the dumb parodies, like you know, epic movie or superhero movie. Yeah, where it's they're a, not it's, funny. It's a parody. It's not a spoof, right? Mm-hmm. But like, it takes itself seriously, and it's mocking more of like the reality around this fictional universe, but also in a way that it brings you into this universe. They, I just, I don't. And it even know. manages to be better than some of the movies that it's making fun of, which yeah. is a, which is an admirable feat. I love, I love Galaxy Quest. It's so great. Yeah, My favorite it, Star Trek movie. It, it, it is. I haven't seen many of them. On it, to be fair, but I love it. It, it. It's satire, is what it is. But like, it's satire for the kids, but also for people who grew up on uh, on Star Trek. I just, I, I love it. it. Works on so many levels. Plus, you get to see Sigourney Weaver just repeating what the computer says and getting pissed about it. <laughs> I love I that love. scene, how she, she just totally owns it. It's so it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's so good. Oh, man. man. Plus, you get to see Severus Snape be an alien. It's, it's perfect. It's great. We, yeah. we, we will be talking more about Galaxy Quest soon. Man. One of these days, we are going to cover all of these movies, but far enough mm. removed from junk food cinema that people aren't just like, why should we listen to you? <laughs> All right. So. Wow. I didn't even get to tell you what my favorite movie was. I don't care. Okay. All right. What's your Hopefully favorite fun. movie? Um, well, now I want to say Galaxy Quest. <laughs> you kind of hyped me up on it. I, I, I thought a little. I think it might be Three Kings, the David O. Russell movie. And I'm not even really a big, a huge fan of David O. Russell. I think he, some of his later movies, I'm not, like that, the Oscar Beatty ones, I feel like I'm not really, I'm not really into those as much. But man, Three Kings is such a great movie. Such a great cast, George Clooney and uh, Ice Cube and Mark Wahlberg and that's, Spike Jones. Spike Jones had a great 1999. That's the one where John they're Malkovich. like uh, like war profiteers, right? They're, they're like in Iraq, and I think I believe it's during this. Uh, there's like a ceasefire, but they um, learn about um, like there's a, a treasure um, in Kuwaiti bullion or Kuwaiti gold that they found out about, and they're trying to find it and go AWOL and. It's it's a phenomenal movie. It's so good if you haven't seen it. But you know that Deep Blue Sea also came out in 1999, right? I do know that Deep Blue Sea came out in 1999. See, this is I'm trying to be slightly objective. Like Three Kings <laughs> is not the the movie I've seen the most from 1999. That might be like Toy Story 2 or maybe Galaxy Quest or maybe Deep Blue Sea even. Um but yeah, dude, Three Kings is such a great movie. It's it's, it's an underrated film that I wish more people would watch. Fair enough. We'll, we'll cover it. It doesn't get its due eventually. All right. So, getting started. Yes. Fight Club. Where do you think the characters, not the cast, not not Brad Pitt, not Edward Norton, but like Tyler Durden? Where do you think these characters are 20 years later? This is a tough question. I was not expecting Fight Club to be first. Um, it is literally on the it list. It is first, first list. It's true. That's true. It's a tough question because it depends on how you look at the ending of the film. Because for one thing, um, if you just want to ignore the the big thing that happens where they, uh, spoiler alert. Spoilers. Yeah. We're talking about movies that are 20 years old and what we think happens to them 20 years later. Yeah. So obviously we're going to talk about some stuff that happens at the end. Spoilers on all these movies. Well, it depends on if you think that Tyler achieved his mission at the end of wiping out all debt by destroying the banks, which I like to think that. 
because he's kind of, I like to think that he's kind of stupid and he just blew up some bank buildings and that they're like, yeah, we don't keep all of our records in just these, <laughs> this one location. Like we have backups. Obviously like, you didn't erase all the debt. internet. Yes. <laughs> if he erased all debt, then that would lead to like complete financial ruin for the U S and it would become like apocalyptic. I mean, and I don't even, that's just kind of dull to me. Like who cares at that point? It would just completely ruin the entire world. And, um, but I like to imagine that Tyler did not succeed in his mission and that, um, you know, for whatever damages or whatever kind of um, collateral damage that he inflicted on these banks, they were probably bailed out or whatever from the federal government. Who knows how that would happen? I don't quite care about Maybe that side of it. that's the likes it. Well, and that's kind of where I'm leading to. Like, that's <laughs> I kind of don't really quite care about that side of it as much. Um, in my mind, I imagine that... Um, Tyler Durden at some point resurfaced um, once the once the narrator you know became a little bit more complacent in his life again, and he started seeing all of these men's rights activists pop up, and then uh, Tyler Durden probably became a pretty prominent member of these men's men's rights activists or incel groups or whatever whatever you have uh, whatever you want to call them these days, um, and then he probably I know what I want to call them, but I'm using <laughs> at least some restraint. I know interestingly enough there are sequels to this in comic book form Truth. I have not read them I don't know what the plot entails but I mean this is probably kind of the obvious interpretation but I think that Tyler Durden became like one of these dipshits who either sit in his basement and like docks people or whatever that they don't like or tries to cancel people cancel the liberals that he hates um or he became a uh he got his own show on Fox News. <laughs> that's 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 what I'm thinking. I like that. I like that a lot. <clears throat> I don't like that. I, I don't like the idea of that happening, but that's, so, that's fascinating to think about. So I have uh, three potential things that happened. Okay. So if you have more than this one, uh, like I'll do one and and then volley it back to you. But if not, then then I'll just go through them. So the first one, the one that I think is the most boring is um, Edward Norton immediately went to the hospital to make sure that he didn't bleed out. And then um, he spent the next 20 years just being a, a Jonah Hex cosplayer. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got for it. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> like I said, that's the most. That is one. not the direction I expected <laughs> that to go, but I find that pretty fascinating. <laughs> he decided not to reject all of the materialism and just go full in on on the comic <laughs> yep. book stuff. Okay. Well, you know, for kids <clears throat> who like antiheroes with holy mouths. Sure. <laughs> Thing number two, and this is uh, sort of along the same lines of of where you were going. Tyler Durden, because he is real, but also not, but also has a very palpable impact on people, but also very anonymous. He becomes the Internet. So like all of these Internet trolls, all of these alt-right groups, all of these just just cesspools of hate um, that claim that they are doing things for the betterment of whatever distorted view they have of something in their mind Trying to fight back against extreme feminism yes. or whatever nonsense they come up with yeah all of the comments that say things i you know what i don't even want to say what some of these comments are because i don't want anyone to soundbite me saying things out of context but some of just those horrible vile vicious comments that people receive that is tyler durden 
Um, so basically, Tyler Durden exists kind of the way that he exists currently in the real world. <laughs> yes. Like in a way that he kind of is the mouthpiece for a lot of these people and have inspired them to act yes. the way that they do. And the way that, the way this movie has been embraced is so fascinating to me because it's completely the opposite. Like it's just, <laughs> it just, it's so funny to see. Like it, it is such a self own well, to use Fight Club as like, and, <laughs> like and that brings your Bible. me. That brings me to the third option, and I actually like this one so much more because it's a much happier and a much brighter spot uh, for for where the narrator ended up 20 years later. So uh, the narrator, Tyler, whatever, Edward Norton and Helen Bonham Carter end up getting married, and they have a very loving life, and they... Uh, they are so jaded from the city and so want to escape materialism that they move into the suburbs and, you know, they have a nice, quaint, quiet life, but they do still have to, you know, go to work and they still have to support each other. So, uh, so the narrator ends still up getting to capitalism. Yes. So he ends up getting a job, but since all that he knew was corporate America, he ends up getting just another corporate job, just some nameless, faceless, just working in a high rise, just going to work, hates his job. So not important. It's just part of what happens. But then they have a kid. I had a feeling you're going, you're going the fly two route with this. I feel like mm, not in the way that you think. So they have a kid and they love this kid so much, but because of that lingering bit of hate, because of that lingering bit of Tyler Durden, that even though the narrator got rid of him, there's still a part of him. They see some, they see some inklings of, uh, of Tyler and their son. And so like, they are very actively trying to confront that. And so like, they try to be the best possible parents, but sometimes in dealing with, with just a very rambunctious eight year old who, has a bit of Tyler in him. Sometimes it gets overwhelming and, and, and this kid doesn't fully know how to deal with it. So he creates his own imaginary friend in the form of a stuffed tiger. So (laughs) taking the fan theory that Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes grew up to be Tyler Durden. Uh I'm flipping it to where the narrator and uh, whatever her name is, Helena Bonham Carter's character, Marla, Marla, that's right, uh, where they get married and become Calvin's parents. That's that's awesome. I like that. That's way better than anything I came up with. Right? I dig it. Yeah, for sure. This is definitely canon for me now. (laughs) I'm not even going to read those graphic novels. (laughs) Not that I was going just, to before. Just read anyway, Calvin and Hobbes and think that this is it. the uh, the sequel. <laughs> well, and like that's why when they see him doing some crazy stuff, like they have to address it, but in a healthy way. And why some a lot of times, uh, Calvin's dad is a little bit nihilistic in his responses and a little bit like pseudo torturing his son. <laughs> this is hilarious. Okay. Right? Okay. I'm down. <clears throat> Anything else for uh, for where Fight Club ended no, up 20 years later? I can't top Calvin and Hobbes. I can't. <laughs> All right. The Matrix. Where do you think characters from The Matrix are 20 years later? So with The Matrix, I would say... So again, spoiler alert. At the end of The Matrix, we find out that Neo is the one and that he's a total badass and like he, he can flex and literally cause the world around him to expand and... He can defeat Agent Smith with one arm behind his back and not even looking. So, like, he's just this all-powerful being. He is the chosen one. He is the Jesus of the Matrix. Truth. And I was thinking about that, and it's like, that sounds terrible. 
Like, <laughs> if you are the most powerful person in the world and you can like kick everybody's ass and you are just like, there's, there's, you're untouchable. Like that just seems like it would get boring. Like he would save the day and then he's like he doesn't. Nothing poses a challenge for him anymore. Life is just one. Like he's just going through the motions. So I feel like after, over time he would probably start to feel like uh like Cipher Joe Joe Pantoliano. He starts to start he starts to feel like that. Like, you know, the real world is shitty, like I can go into the matrix and it's my playground, but like I there's it doesn't challenge me or stimulate me in any way. So I think that Neo would eventually try to make a deal to have his memory erased and go back into the matrix. Um, because he wants to be challenged in some way. So he goes back in and um, he assumes a new identity and um, that identity is John Wick. (laughs) And he becomes a hitman and he ultimately decides that he wants to settle down after meeting a woman. And um, if you've seen the John Wick movies, I think you kind of know where that goes. And that explains why John Wick is the ultimate badass. He He cannot defy the laws of the Matrix like Neo could. Um, that also explains why close. in John Wick three he says I need guns. Yes. Oh yeah, he he says that in, in the Matrix too, yeah. doesn't he? Uh, so he's getting like there's like some little snippets from his past that yep. kind of bleed in. Okay. Yeah. So there's a uh, there, there's some cash that wasn't fully cleared out. Uh, <laughs> Get it? Because computers, the C A C H E cash. Yeah, and with, with humans, it, it's probably difficult to a more di- a little more difficult to clear out than on your computer, which is also like it feels like even whenever you clear your cash, that there's still always some kind of lingering. I mean, you've got the cookies or whatever, but mm, cookies, cookies, mm. cookies are delicious. All right, so <clears throat> uh, that's all I got. All right, <laughs> so I've got. Again, three. I don't know why I keep coming up with three. And, and again, we have to ignore the sequels in this, which is easy for me because I, I never, like, I've seen bits and pieces of the sequels, but I don't remember anything that happens in them. I never really watched them all the way through. Um, so I kind of just pretend the sequels don't exist anyway, even though eventually I think I'm going to go back and watch them. But I, I, You can if you want to. You don't have to, though. I mean, they're, they're just things that exist. Yeah. I've seen the first one like dozens and dozens of times. I love The Matrix, but for some reason, I've just, I just never, I think because I watched it when I was young and like the sequels, I started to watch them, but they were just kind of boring. It, it's I, because the first one was groundbreaking. And so you can't like re-break the same ground. And so all that you can do is go like a lot further into things. Well, yeah, but, the second one doubles down on the ph- philosophical side of the uh, first movie or the sequels. Yeah. Down but then people the who just wanted stuff. action are it's like, what's all this brain stuff. And the people who <laughs> liked all of the f- philosophical, it's like, what's with all this fighty stuff. So anywho, <laughs> it's a conundrum. <laughs> it's the matrix catch 22. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> all right. So I once again have three first one. Wow. Okay. The, the most boring one. Uh, so Morpheus who you know like after he was captured and tortured in that tower he's like i'm done with this whole fighting thing i need a much easier life but he just couldn't escape asking like you know seemingly mundane questions that'll just blow your mind dude so he becomes a college (laughs) philosophy professor (laughs) yes because those that can't do (laughs) but But he like kind of was like the philosophy only, professor of the movie anyway. He only teaches intro philosophy. <laughs> so like just every student just like blows their mind. And and then that's it. 
Or is the class just like super hard for all of the students and they're sitting there like, this is an elective dipshit. I don't need to get this deep into philosophy. Like, this is way too much philosophy for us. Like, this is not, we are not philosophy majors. You need to chill out, Morpheus. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I like that. He, he just goes go super intense. So, like, he treats every intro course like it's uh, like it's their capstone. He has a very poor rate my professor <laughs> rating. <laughs> he just gets Cypher to change it. <laughs> or not Cypher, yeah. but... Uh, mouse. Mouse, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even though Mouse is dead, but whatever. All right. Spoiler alert again. The second one. I like this one a little bit more, but it's still not my favorite of the three. Uh, the Oracle with her, her her love of cookies, which, God, I love that. I love the fact that she gives him a <laughs> cookie. Place. She gives him a piece of information. Love it. Um, She she becomes a, a cook, like a Betty Crocker or Sarah Lee. And so, like, she's just, you know. Cooking up information? Yeah, cooking up just information, sending it out to the masses. And then people take a bite of a pastry and, like, I feel smarter. Is she, like, a Russian bot? Is that what she's doing? No. She's sending she's, out... Okay, I don't no, know. No, she's just she. Like, no, I feel I figured that at some point I didn't mention Russian bots in in the uh, Fight Club thing, which I feel like I should have. There was something that no, I thought of at one point. But. She's just like like homie. And, so she's a good comforting. She's, yeah, she sends out good cookies. Good yeah, info. Okay. Yeah, she she's like the that eternal grandmother, just spouting off wise wisdom and giving you a cookie. That's nice. She's yeah. she's the good side of the internet. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> that that, yeah, she that is the dark an- corner where the good people on the internet <laughs> reside. She is the antithesis of Tyler Durden. Which brings me to my third one. I like this one a lot better. How is it that um that people in the Matrix get out of the Matrix? Where do they have to go? Uh, they have to go to a telephone. Uh huh. A- oh yeah. Inter- okay. Okay. I, see. I like where this is going so far because there are no more. <laughs> there are so. no more phones. <laughs> Or at least no more landline phones. <clears throat> uh, what is it? What's the payphone? That yes. is the word. Yes, payphone. That Specifically, is what those, phone booths. That is what those things are called. So after Neo defeats Agent Smith, and like he he's defeated it, all the machines are broken, but like everything, it, it's still just all uh, dystopian and post-apocalyptic, and like things kind of sucks. And like yeah, you could rebuild, but there's got to be a better way. So. Following some Back to the Future logic and following some Marvel logic, rather than like just straight up fixing this universe, because he's probably also going to do that, but like he's got to make up for it somehow. He wants to create a better universe. So he gets in that phone and he travels not just through a computer, but back in time. Interesting. Okay. Way, way, way far back in time to, oh, I don't know, the, the 80s. So he, he winds back his uh his computer's clock. There's a way you can do that, right? Like in the sure. Why not? So he anyway. goes he goes back in time to meet a uh we'll call him an ancestor oh, of his. Oh, I know where this is going. I love this so much. <laughs> he finds a couple of kids playing on their guitars. Oh <clears throat> man! And he sends them on an adventure to go change history and to change the world so that they can change the future and uh and be excellent to each other so does he decide to go by the moniker of rufus in this situation yes oh my god this is so great neo is rufus (laughs) in bill and ted's excellent adventure god you're so much better you put put way more you put way more thought into this than i do which is why even in like the future version where you see the uh, the weird people sitting on their old high chairs 
looks very, very similar to the outfits that uh, that they wear in the Matrix. That's fascinating, man. I like this a lot. Okay, all right, yeah, this is definitely the one that I'm going with. <laughs> That's way better. Also, I'm I'm just totally like I completely forgot that they use payphones in this movie. Like, I can't wait to show this movie to my kids and then be like, "What is that?" It'd be too easy for them to escape if they had cell phones. That's true. Yeah, I wonder how the Matrix works now. Like in, in 2019 with cell phones, you could just. You could just jump in and out whenever you want. Interesting. I would like call someone and then throw it at them <laughs> and try to like, <laughs> like it's a vortex bomb. They, they, they pick weaponized. it up. Just hello. Oh, I'm in the real world now. <laughs> All oh right. man. Funny. Galaxy okay. quest. Galaxy quest. Okay. So this one I've done the least amount of homework on too. I think <laughs> I, okay. All right. I, I do think I have a, a kind of an angle on it. I haven't thought it through, so there might be some holes, but, um, so it, we know that at the end of Galaxy Quest that, um, you know, they they save the day. They use the Omega-13 to travel back in time and defeat Ceres. And then uh, they crash landed in the convention center. Everybody's excited. And that somehow leads to Galaxy Quest getting a reboot of sorts or like a sequel TV series, the next sure. generation version of Galaxy Quest. Um, so 20 years later, we're, we see that the show has been canceled after one season. Uh, so it kind of lives on as like a Firefly esque TV show that people Cheers. that people still love. Yeah, people still love. And um, but there is a reboot on the horizon. However, they only want to bring back some of the original cast members. One of them is not um, Tim Allen's character, Taggart. I can't think of his. It sounds right. Or no, no, no. It's Nesmith, Jason Nesmith, yeah. right? Yeah, Jason. Which one is Taggart? I oh, can't remember. Oh no, Taggart matter. is his is his character on the show, Peter Quincy Taggart. That's his that's his uh, Captain Kirk name. Um, anyway, so they um, they get what was the, oh they don't they don't invite him back. Similar to how like they did they got Spock back to come to come back on the uh, Star Trek reboot, mm-hmm. but they didn't get um, Captain Kirk to come back. And I th- feel like William Shatner was kind of sore about that. So what Jason decides to do is he remembers that, you know, all those years ago when he was uh, helping the Thermians uh, defeat those evil green aliens, I don't remember what they're called, but um, he remembers that they created a real Omega-13 device and he contacts them to see if they can have it actually go back further in time to stop the reboot from ever happening. So this is basically a Galaxy Quest sequel by way of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> because like Jason did like not it. did not grow as a person. He's still kind of a dick. He's still got like a big head about things, especially since he saved the universe. Like that's the one thing about this is like he supposedly grows as a human and is with um, Sigourney Weaver or whatever. But we all know that he still has a big head and that he's still... You know, especially now that he saved everyone's lives and nobody even really knows it. So, uh, so yeah, he's he's stopping the reboot from ever happening and uh, maybe trying to create his own instead. That's about as all. It's about what I got. So this one, uh, this one does not go quite as happy as as the other two that I've done so far. Okay. I only have one on this one. It focuses not as much on the humans as it does on the aliens. What was the name of the the big bad alien? Asaris was his name. Asaris? Okay. So Asaris definitely had some very bug-like qualities to him. Yes, he did. And it, it would not be you know, unreasonable to assume that there are other bug-like creatures in, in the universe. So 
when when all of his little followers see that Cyrus is defeated, like, oh man, this we, no humans are the worst. Like, I just <laughs> I just want to go home. I just I just want to see my mom again. I just uh, I just why why do things have to be so terrible? So they go to their home planet, and they're living peacefully. And now that they are not on a spaceship, and now they are not having to deal with some evil d- dictator trying to blow up the entire universe, person like they they get rid of some of those more evil human like qualities and start getting even more and more bug like, especially now that they are around their kinfolk. Okay. Problem is, humans are dicks. True. And so, rather than just being okay with the fact that they defeated the one alien who like was trying to cause trouble, like. You know what? Let's go stop all aliens I, I that look like bugs. <laughs> are, all, are all of yours going to be like secretly connecting to other <laughs> movies? Kind of. Okay. So, <laughs> so Nesmith, <clears throat> realizing that he doesn't really have a future in uh, in TV because, eh, you know, whatever. Because, you know, Galaxy Quest, the, the journey continues, was canceled. He, like, goes full in on, like using some of his television skills to make propaganda for the government Mm -hmm. and for the military. And now that like earth knows that space aliens exist, they need to destroy all the space aliens. So Nesmith is now in charge of recruiting all of these troopers to get on a starship. Interesting. Yeah. To go to the home planet of these bug like aliens and destroy them on their home world because humans be dicks. Humans be dicks. That is very yep. true. What would you, what would you call this this sequel to this movie? Um, aliens. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> <clears throat> no, so uh, Galaxy Quest is a, uh, a secret prequel to Starship Troopers. That that's fantastic. You see, you're way better at this. This is why I'm the co-host. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> I came up with some of these bef- like right before we came in here, so that's that that explains it. I'm coming up with most of them while you're talking, I'm not even listening Shut to you. Shut up. <laughs> Which brings us to our next. You're film. Just better. It's true. Deep blue sea. <laughs> okay, I've got a good one for this one. All right. Okay, so my, this one's actually going to be pretty short. Would you say short. that it's fantastic? It is fantastic, and um, just is so, it is it jawsome? It's jawsome. All right, so it's actually a pretty short one. So at the end of the movie, again, spoiler alert, um, the whole the whole plot of the movie is that the, they've created these super sharks because they're trying to um, figure out how to um, cure Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. and they're experimenting on these shark brains. Um, but it turns out they just basically created shark super soldiers. <laughs> so dumb. Um, it's so amazing. So when they learn that the sharks are super, super soldiers and are just wanting to murder all the humans, their main mission becomes, we cannot let these sharks get out. Well, in my version of this movie, they failed. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because we know all the sharks were killed at the end of deep blue sea. The only people that were left were, um, Carter Blake, which was, uh, Thomas Jane and, um, LL Cool J, the preacher, but for those of you who have seen the music video for LL Cool J's hit single, Deeper Bluer, or deep, I'm sorry, excuse me, Deepest Bluest, um, you I know, like a shark's fan. yes, you know that in that music video, there is a scene where LL Cool J morphs into a shark. Yes. That is because there were secret experiments being done on this research facility and um, LL Cool J was a shark the entire time. Is he a street shark? He is a street shark. 
So at the end of the movie, after the credits roll, what happens is that LL Cool J morphs into a shark, eats Thomas Jane, and then swims out to freedom to conquer the earth. Uh-huh. Okay. That's all Mine, I Mine, not that different from yours, actually. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So uh, these may maybe work in tandem. All right. How is it that Thomas Jane allegedly destroyed the super shark at the end of the movie? Allegedly. He did. Well, I mean, he how, shot. The how har- did he allegedly? He shot the harpoon. Uh-huh. He got. He was shot with the harpoon. Uh huh. Was didn't he blow it up somehow? Uh huh. Because it got out, and then somehow is, he. Put- is there another famous shark movie that involves a shark being blown up? Nope. You are the worst. <laughs> I mean, there might be one. Is there another famous movie that I referenced in your birthday greeting today? Um, okay, so there there was. I mean, I guess you can say that. Uh, is there a perfect movie that exists? <laughs> there is one perfect movie, and it is called Jaws. Yes, we all is. know this. So, the the sharks in Deep Blue Sea, they are smart sharks. Yes. They've done their research. Mm-hmm. They, much like the aliens in Galaxy Quest, have watched the historical documents. <laughs> yes. The shark in Deep Blue Sea has seen Jaws. He knew, like, that's how he knew how to defeat all of these humans, is he watched all of these historical documents about how have sharks been <laughs> defeated before so that I don't do the same things that they did. Okay. He saw that the Jaws, that Bruce uh, was blown up in Jaws. He's like, that's not cool. <laughs> I don't want to do that. And so after he gets shot with the harpoon and before he blows up, like, yeah, he's swimming away. But you don't actually see him blow up. You just see some of the aftermath. The um, shark was not destroyed. Yeah, he tagged it on some crappy dolphin. He put it on Flipper. Oh, kind of like so, in the Batman movie, how that one, how the porpoise gets blown up instead of Batman and Robin. Go or, you know, how like in the uh, Christopher Nolan Batman movies, how Batman is dead, except totally not. I said He's, Batman and Robin. I meant the old 66 version. Yeah, I knew that's what you Whatever. meant. I'm, I'm talking about like the I'm sorry, current ones you. Cool. where you think that he's dead, but he's not. He's just living sure. in Europe. Okay. So Super Spoiler Shark alert. is living in Europe seas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he somehow escaped by tagging his, by, by not blowing up yes. and blowing up a dolphin or yes. whatever instead. Okay. Yeah. And. You haven't um, seen this movie in a while, have you? No. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen hardly any of these movies in a while, so that explains all of our all of our plot holes. <laughs> but it so doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Plot so, holes don't matter. With all of his super brains, um, there is a very clear theme in bad sci-fi movies of sharks trying to destroy the world. Mm-hmm. It's because the shark in Deep Blue Sea became like the Uber Shark, and whenever there are these other scientific experiments and they escape or something happens, like he's like the Godfather, the God Sharker. Who is telling them, hey, shark go, father. go, go, go eat this person. Go, go over here. Destroy this thing. Hey, you there with two heads. Go eat those naked people. So, okay. So it's like the Illuminati of sharks. Yes. So all of the Il- other. Illuminati. Okay, no, never mind. I'm going to not say those things out loud. Go ahead. <laughs> going to just mold that around in my head for a minute. <laughs> so. Fin Illuminati. <sighs> <clears throat> So all of the other shark destruction movies, uh, the the shark from Deep Blue Sea is the one spearheading it and like, you know, sending them off to be attacked, which is why no matter how many times a giant mega shark is defeated, there's always some other dumbass shark who's trying to defeat the world 
It, it's because um, the deep blue sea. Wow. And he's smarter than the rest of us. And what I, outlive us all. What I like about our theories is that they could both be true at the same time. Yes. So only and and so I like my I like tacking my theory onto it because that means that L O Cool J mm, no, is no, that, is that, the mastermind. No, L O Cool J isn't the mastermind. He is. Uh, he's like the. Um, oh crap! Why am I drawing a blank on um, Dracula's uh, little familiar dude? Um, Renfeld. Oh, okay. L O Cool J is the Renfeld to the Deep Blue Sea Shark. So he goes back into human form and he keeps telling other humans <laughs> to do the same stupid things okay. to keep making the super sharks. Okay. So the, so then the original shark escaped and L O cool J morphed into a shark. Okay. Yes. Got it. Awesome. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely like where this is going. <laughs> I hate it. It's so good. <laughs> oh God. I love what we do. All right. <clears throat> Which brings us to our last movie. The sixth sense. The sixth sense. Um, yeah, so this is one that I also did not do a lot of research on. Um, sure. so it's kind of a boring one. Um, so at the end of the movie, Bruce Willis goes into the light. Um, and we find out like the, that the mom finds out that her son can see dead people or whatever. Cause he explains the situation with her dancing or something. I can't remember. It's been a long time since, with, since I've seen the movie. I just did yeah, whatever. Wikipedia. Whatever. You so, did the entire time. Whatever. Spoilers. Um, in my in mine, it's uh, basically that the kid grows up to become a famous YouTube star um, by performing um, quote unquote miracles and talking to the dead. Um, only he actually can talk to the dead, so that's why he blows up. Um, and so he's like constantly making videos. Where at the end, he's like, "Smash that like button and subscribe." Um, so yeah, he's he is a YouTube millionaire. Sure, I'm getting this from my kids because they watch all these stupid, <laughs> stupid YouTube videos where people play video games and make millions of dollars, and it upsets me that it's that's so a dumb. thing that happens. Um, so yeah, that just seems like an obvious extension. It's like if we know that you have superpowers, his mom becomes his stage manager, um, and he decides to um, exploit his powers for um, financial gain. Okay. Okay. Um, and then as far as Bruce Willis goes, um, he went to hell. <laughs> sure and um yeah that's that's about as far as i got with that we're just going with he went to hell because i like the idea of bruce willis trying to pull like a diehard kind of film in hell and try to maybe escape hell or defeat satan or i don't would, know would that one be dead hard Ooh, no. dead hard live hard <laughs> yes live hard okay <laughs> um that's 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 all I got though. I don't I don't really remember what happens that well at the end of this movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it, um, and that just was the first thing that popped in my head. So sure. take it as you will. All right, I'm sure yours is much better. I, I don't know. I don't know on this one. This one's not my favorite. All right, so uh, I I know what's happening to Bruce Willis. I had a better one for election. <laughs> Maybe we can throw that one in there. We'll, we'll throw that in uh, in in a minute. Uh, all right, so I know what happens to Bruce Willis. With Haley Joel Osment, though. <clears throat> yeah, I guess we'll go with this one. I, I don't love this. Um, so, like, what what is it that he is trying to do when uh, when he helps these dead people? Bruce Willis? No. No, the kid. Yeah, um, what's, what's he trying to do? What, what is what is it that he is trying to do? I don't know. Okay, fine. I don't remember. What, what do you call dead people that you can see? Ghosts? Spirits. Yeah, huh? He's a medium? Sure. Yeah. They're ghosts, and he is trying to send them out of our world, basically, right? So he's a ghostbuster. Yep. That's okay. it. He grows up to be a ghostbuster. Oh, that's much better. 
That's uh, no, that one's boring. He's a ghost busting <clears throat> YouTuber. <laughs> but Bruce, that, that's the most 2019 thing I could think of. Bruce Willis, though. Okay. He uh, at first he is like mortified that he is a ghost. He doesn't know how to deal with it. But then when he goes into the light, he's like, oh, there's a party down here. This is kind of fun. You know what? Maybe if I had had like some sort of ghost counselor to help me understand how to be a ghost, I would have just like jumped straight into having fun. Also, people are still dicks. So sometimes even in the afterlife, no humans, like sometimes people need to be haunted. That's just they just need a little bit of comeuppance. And so Bruce Willis uses all of his counselor skills to help ghosts be better ghosts. He becomes okay, but in doing so, yes, yes, <laughs> in doing I'm not going so. to spoil this. <laughs> he starts getting a little too into it, and so rather than just helping ghosts become ghosts, he starts like he he starts going down a dark path, and he just he he starts falling apart both mentally and physically, even for a ghost. And then he gets to a point where. Rather than trying to help usher ghosts into where they belong, he's trying to scare humans away from where they don't belong. So he becomes a bio-exorcist. Yes. Yes. Bruce Willis becomes Beetlejuice. This is way better, again, than what I came up with. I was, like, looking through Bruce Willis movies on here, trying to come up with some way to connect this to some other Bruce Willis movie. The best Uh I came up with was, like, Looper. He time-traveled or some shit, or he was reborn. I don't know. Yeah, this is better. Bruce Willis becomes Beetlejuice. I like it. That's why he hates Winona Ryder. It's because she's a kid. And he he hates little kids. (laughs) Okay. Because Disney forced him to be a little kid movie. Well, see, that's kind of what... That was almost what I was going to say, is that he is reborn, and somehow that becomes the kid. But Mm -hmm. I don't remember the kid very well. So, yeah, love it. Okay. (laughs) So... So yeah, most of mine just involved um, connected to other movies. movies into other movies. Twenty years later, Bruce right. Willis says Beetlejuice would be interesting. Lightning round, lightning round. Okay, all right. Phantom Menace. Twenty years later, where are they? Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Qui Gon asked Obi Wan. <laughs> Qui Gon asked Obi Wan to train Anakin, and um, Obi Wan said nope. And then nothing bad ever happened again. And the Jedi maintained their um, ruthless control over the uh, political landscape. And Padme was sent to galactic jail for uh, galactic pedophilia. Because, come on, she was like eight years older than that kid. Yeah, that's just creepy. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> audition. Um, I don't even want to think about what happens after <laughs> at the end of audition. Um... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I've got nothing. You, you, I'm gonna have you get this. Have you take this one? <laughs> I didn't have anything prepared for this one. <laughs> this was supposed to be a lightning round. Okay, I don't even remember quite. I can't even quite remember exactly what happens at the end of audition. Uh, um, more um, people audition. <laughs> the sequel is an is a horror movie that turns into a romantic comedy <laughs> instead of a romantic comedy that turns into a horror movie. Oh man! She ends up finding a man who, who pleases her and does not like objectify her and um then it just becomes like a just like a gentle sweet actual romantic comedy she's going to torture him and she she she, he changes her ways because he's so sweet yeah i don't like that one no i don't either it's terrible but anyway no she she comes to america and kills off harvey weinstein (laughs) 
Okay, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints. Um, well, I don't know, but I like the idea that the sequel never existed. <laughs> because God bless that movie. Was I wish the sequel would have come out 20 years later. Yes. Um, 20 years. Uh, they are arrested and go to jail. They, they, they team up with uh, Tyler Durden. Okay. Or uh, a zombie apocalypse happens and um, they change their names to Merle and what? Ooh, or, no, uh, what's no, no, no. Ooh, I, okay. So a zombie apocalypse happens, um, but they only kill off the morally reprehensible zombies. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know how they determine that, but, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, they come up with some kind of, <laughs> some kind of test to determine if they're morally reprehensible. <laughs> uh blair witch blair witch um they're all dead <laughs> you already used that no actually okay fine fine in blair witch it turns out that the uh the documentary within the films universe it turns out that it was actually faked by a bunch of uh, college students and then they end up becoming famous filmmakers and um they try to repeat the stunt later and then um the it turns out that their film actually conjured a real witch of some sort and then they they end up dying for real okay i i was just gonna go with um the witch is the witch from hansel and gretel oh that's boring i know it's terrible yeah let's move on all right (laughs) austin powers austin powers um austin is frozen again and um in 2019 because of the me too movement and it turns out that he was um a very horrible person and that he shagged a lot of women and he was way too forward with so many of them and he was canceled so he decided to be frozen again so he could be thawed out again 30 years later and uh, hopefully everyone will have forgotten about it at that point i like it i like it uh i'm gonna go with there was um rather than global warming there was another meteor impact and so the earth froze over again but somehow he didn't because he was immune to the cold from his freezing Ooh, okay so the rest of the world stayed frozen for 20 years while he's being all last man on earthy and uh like wandering around looking for his eyeglasses to read his porno mags um (laughs) (laughs) and then he um he he turns into an old man and then the world unfreezes and hijinks ensue hijinks ensue in um encino yes okay man and he becomes brendan fraser yes okay man i miss him a lot i do too he's great election election uh i was speaking of 99 and the mummy came out in 1999 with brendan fraser yeah election okay so um tracy flick ends up running for president and um she gets her comeuppance <laughs> because she uh wins the popular vote and loses in the electoral college so uh she becomes donald flick um no it's she becomes like hillary clinton because that's what happened with hillary not donald trump fine but she gets her comeuppance because she loses this election, whereas she won the other election because there was election, you know, because the, that's the whole point. Yeah. Is that yeah. Matthew Broderick's, you know, Matthew Broderick becomes the Supreme that, Court justice. That that's uh, it. Yes. That's, that's all I got. Yep. Just him <laughs> and that fellow dude who were banging high school kids. They, they both joined the Supreme Court. He was squee. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's his nick- You didn't know this from the movie, but uh, it turns out his, his nickname in high school was squee. Yep. <clears throat> Iron Giant. 
Iron Giant, uh, oh man, in this movie, uh, the Iron Giant worked as a nuclear deterrent and the arms race ended early and the world became all sunshine and rainbows and um, nothing bad ever happened again. So uh, the Iron Giant destroyed the world with the help of his other robot friends, but because he liked at least one human, he wanted to keep at least one human around, but he didn't know how to. So all they knew were batteries. So he turned all the remaining humans into batteries to power their world. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's the... So it turns into the Matrix. Matrix, interesting. Okay, I dig that. Never been kissed. Go. Never been seen by me. (laughs) (laughs) For real, I've never seen this movie. Drew Barrymore goes back to high school 20 years later, uh, once again trying to so, so ineffectively look like a high school student, but now like all wrinkly and stuff. Um, and even though she had never been kissed, she moves very, very slowly. So this one's never been boned. Wow. Wow. It's a companion piece to the 40 year old virgin. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mystery men. Mystery men. Oh, shit. What happens at the end of mystery men? Um, do they def- Okay, so Greg Kinnear um, is in the movie. Yeah, he does because he's the... Okay, I'm trying to remember what happens. Um, Shit. Uh, Ben Stiller and the Mystery Men. I don't don't know. (laughs) Pass. Come back back around to me on that one. So the not-so-goody mob, um, they leave their life of crime and form a hip-hop band called the Goody Mob. And that brings so much joy to my heart because I love the Goody Mob. Um, that's a cool idea. I like that one. I met the uh, the guy who created the Mystery Men comic books at Dragon Con one time. And um, yeah, that's that's the thing. I thought that you were going to say that you met CeeLo Green and I was going to be jealous. No, I didn't. I, I really don't remember what happens. In, I've, I really like this movie. I've seen it a few times, uh, but I don't remember what happens in this yeah. movie. You know. Casanova Frankenstein, he wins. Sort of. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay. and it's Jeffrey Rush. Rush. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm vaguely remembering what happens in this movie. Office um, space, go. Office space. Um, um, they all are fired from their jobs and have to get. Oh wait, no, because they go become construction. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> have you seen movies? What is, no, I have not seen movies. Apparently, uh, skip. Come back to me. Hold on, I've got. I've got an idea, but I have to. I have to puzzle it out. All right, <clears throat> so Stephen Root, uh, with all of his money that he got from uh, taking down the company and with his red stapler living on an island, um, he Oh, he, he totally becomes the virgin guy. Richard, uh, what is his name? I don't know. The guy who owns the virgin company, he owns islands too, Richard Branson. Richard Branson. Branson, that's it, Richard Branson. He becomes Richard Branson. No, I was going to say that uh, he listened to the radio a lot while he was on the beach, and he fell in love with the radio so much that he bought his own radio station and and founded News Radio. Oh, that's a cool idea. That makes sense, because Stephen Root. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I, I love News Radio. It's a great show. Um, Went downhill, though. But I love it. Yeah. Damn, I've got nothing. Ooh, the fax machine. The Rose from the from grave. Rose from the dead and decided to... <laughs> joined the oh, okay, Iron okay, okay. Giant. Yes, yes. <laughs> and overthrew humanity. Oh, no, that was that was something I thought about. With the Iron Giant, at first I thought you were going with a maximum over, overdrive kind of thing where like all of the um, cars and appliances or whatever come back to life. So we can what, say what, that... We'll do that one with Office Space. The Iron Giant did that or and then um, the fax machine from... <laughs> 
from Office Space came back to life as a zombie fax machine. Yes. And sought vengeance against Ron Livingston and uh, Michael Bolton. I don't know the actor's name. And and uh, the fax machine was not morally reprehensible. So uh, the Boondock Saints left it alive. <laughs> they were justified. It was justified <laughs> in its pursuit. <laughs> All right, so that was that was a little rough, but I like the I like the way it all dovetailed in the end. So dumb. Is that all the movies we have? That is all the movies. I mean, there are more movies. We can keep going, but uh, I feel like we're losing steam on some of these. I know. This is good. This is a fun experiment. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We're uh, we're, we're gonna do stupid things like this. Sometimes. Gotta work on my improv skills, but other than that, you know, yeah, it wasn't bad. It, it, you know, it's not the worst episode we've done. No, no, probably not. Maybe it was. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so. Even though we have not had a chance to watch a movie prior to to this episode. I mean, we've seen movies, just we didn't have a chance to focus on one for an episode. Um, we have so many movies coming up. So, so, so many movies that we have planned. Specifically, starting in September, we're starting our 61 Days of Halloween. I'm not doing that. <laughs> All right, it's been 60 days of Halloween um, because when I first started doing this, I asked Google how many days till Halloween, and it told me 60, and I didn't correct it because I wasn't taking into account Halloween being one of the days. It was just yeah. how many days until, until Halloween. So kind of after the first, September 1st. Well, no, it's it's like if it's uh, the 24th and you say how many days till Christmas, well, oh, it's only one saying, more yeah. day until Christmas. Gotcha. We could just do 60 days until Halloween. Yeah, 60 days till Halloween rather than 60 days of Halloween. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so we are doing our 60 days till Halloween coverage. But unlike last year, we are not going to be putting out a daily episode because we both actually like our wives and want to stay married. Um, mm-hmm. so not doing daily episodes, but we are going to be doing our best to still do 60 days worth of coverage, even if it is just tweeting out some various stuff and, uh, you know, saying what we're watching, we are going to try to still watch a horror movie every single day, but the focus on, uh, on the weekly episodes are going to be uh, horror movie blind spots, movies that, we are a little ashamed to say that as horror fans, we have never seen. So it's not going to be something like super obscure that most people don't know about. It's going to be like Mostly. major, like what, how can you be a horror fan and not have seen this? For example, I've never seen Blair Witch Project. Yeah, no, I couldn't believe that because Blair Witch was one that I originally wanted to do and I mentioned it and you were like, no, I haven't seen it. And that just totally shocked me to my core. So we'll talk about it for you to see it. We will talk about this when we eventually talk about it. But for me, that's actually one that I'm not ashamed to say that I haven't seen because of the timing and blah, 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 blah. But we'll get into that. (laughs) Not right now. Uh, So, yeah, we're going to be doing movies that again, like big, major, iconic movies that. We're a little ashamed to say we haven't seen, Mm -hmm. but we're also not ashamed because part of the reason we're doing this is to uh, to kind of go against that whole like what you've not seen blah and you call yourself a horror fan. I want to destigmatize it. Everybody has blind spots. Yeah, it's going to be more like, oh, my God, you've not seen this. (laughs) I'm so excited that you get to experience this new awesome thing. And it's a great excuse to watch movies we haven't seen. So Exactly. Uh, so we'll probably talk a little bit about other movies, just, you know, mentioning like, oh, yeah, I watched this one during this week. It was pretty fun, blah, blah, blah. So the structure is going to be a little bit different, but the focus of the episodes are going to be um, blind spots and like we're going to watch them. So it's not just going to be like, oh, yeah, I've never seen Blair Witch. The end. 
Like, we're going to watch them and then talk about what it was like mm. to finally see this movie, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we have some guests. I'm still working on getting some of them confirmed, trying to work out some of the scheduling. But uh, even outside of our 60 days of Halloween, 60 days till Halloween coverage, <laughs> we, uh, we we have some really exciting episodes coming up with some directors and actors and writers. And, uh, yeah, just a, a lot of people that we love their work and can't wait to talk about it with them. So, uh, yeah, that's coming up in, oh, my God, two weeks. I know. It's so soon. It's wild. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I have to start <laughs> watching movies. I, did, I, I knew that it was mid-August, but did not fully think about the fact that we're, oh. like, a little over two weeks from starting our 60 Days Till Halloween This coverage. is amazing how quickly that came up came upon oh, us. Oh, my God. I love that you just discovered this <laughs> on mic. It's, it shocked me a little bit. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, um, Halloween right around the corner, lots of fun horror movies to watch. And if you need a place to watch amazing horror movies, go subscribe to Shudder. They are awesome. And, um, just so, so many great things they have. A few highlights. They recently got a nightmare, nightmare on Elm Street one through six. Yep. So So. one that I've, the the one that I've seen and then, uh, the one that the other one I have seen is the one that's left off. Yeah. uh, They have one of the ones that I've seen and the better one directed by Jack Shoulder. (laughs) So can't wait for us to talk about that. Oh, God. The, the Creep Show reboot, reimagining, revision, the Creep Show TV series um, with a lot of amazing people involved in that. Cannot wait until that premieres uh, September 26th. Detectives, one of the films that we saw at Chat Film Fest, which is a lot of fun. Really great movie. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to Eric. I love this movie. <laughs> it's amazing. You need to go watch it. It's worth a watch. It, it is fantastic. It's, I, I am definitely going to watch it again leading up to Halloween. It's, it's a lot of fun. Cool. Um, Nosferatu. The, uh, is it an AMC series? Yeah, it's an AMC up? series. Yeah. got Zachary Quinto in it um, as the as Charlie Manx, who is the, um, a person who feeds on children and takes them to this uh, scary place called Christmas Land. Um, I've never seen the TV series. I haven't seen the TV series yet, but I read the book, and I so love the book. So it's a Jeffrey Epstein biopic? <sighs> Wow. Too soon? Wow. Too soon. No, no. No. <laughs> that guy. Um, but yeah, it's it, the book is f- fantastic. Uh, it's by Joe Hill. I'd recommend people check that out, and I can't wait to see the TV show. Yeah, super excited about that one. I, I hate that I've not seen any of the episodes, but it just it, it looks it just looks like a lot of vampiric, gory fun. Uh, Slumber Party Massacre 1 and 2, Chopping Mall, Humanoids from the Deep, Prince of Darkness, all movies that have recently been added to Shutter streaming service. So some great films that are on there. But two of the ones that I'm really excited about uh, are documentaries. One of them is called Why Horror, which is just uh, about this uh, Canadian journalist going around and talking to people, trying to figure out why do people actually like horror movies? Like, what, what is it that draws people in? And the other one is a queer horror documentary that I don't think they have a title for yet. I was reading back through some of the press releases and I didn't see one. It's possible that I just overlooked because I was frantically trying to read it before we hit record. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the people that were involved in uh, horror noir are involved in it. And it's going to be doing, um, based on my understanding, very similar things to horror noir, but focusing on uh, the LGBTQ community community. Um, and yeah, super excited about that one. Yeah, it sounds great. 
yeah. went to see it. Horror Noir is fantastic. Like, I absolutely love that documentary. Yeah, I it it, it uh, speaking of horror documentaries, it's the time of year when I watch Nightmares in Red, White and Blue again, because <laughs> that's like what officially kicks off my Halloween season. It's a great one. I, I love it so much. All right. That is a lot of things. And we have a lot more fun things coming up, but not today. Eric, where do you want people to find you? <laughs> uh, find me on Twitter at the Chimerican and on Instagram at Chimerican Reviews and on Letterboxd at Eric J A Y. And you can find me on Instagram and on Facebook at the Gargoyle Podcast, on Twitter at Gargoyle Podcast, and on Letterboxd at the Gargoyle. And if you enjoyed this episode uh, and want to be sure to follow us for our sixty-one day, sixty son of a I know how to sixty words. days till Halloween. Thank you. If you want to follow us for our sixty days till Halloween coverage, or if you want to go back and check out our coverage from previous film festivals, uh, just be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Just do a search for the Gargoyle Podcast. If you're listening to us, you can obviously see how to spell Gargoyle because it's right there on wherever you are looking at what you're listening to. All right. That's been it for this episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. the Gargoyle. And I'm Eric, a.k.a. the Chimerican. And remember, kids, um, think Party about like- where you, oh. I was going to say think about where you're going to be in 20 years because oh. you, you might be overthrown by a really smart shark. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, party like it's 1999. And be excellent to each other. Always. I like the way that ended. That was good. We need to just, just just cut it. Just cut it right there. We're done. No. So the mummy 20 years later. See what happens. Because there's obviously some like weird time travel-y things going on. Because, you know, Egypt magic. I don't know. The, uh, the, the Scorpion King gets Brendan Fraser. And, and he sucks him back into the sand vortex with him. But the Scorpion King is very bad with directions, and so he gets lost along the way. Okay. You know, like Bugs Bunny, just yeah. taking a left turn uh, in, in Pismo and whatever, Albuquerque. And, uh, and so, Brendan Fraser just pops up back in the 1960s. And then, because he just can't catch a break, he gets frozen and then pops back up in the 1990s. Okay, sure. So, so which one is in, is the Encino Man now? No, is it Brendan a, Fraser? Is it? He, he oh, is, it's Blast from the Past. Yes, uh, he yeah, is a yeah, Blast okay. from the Future Past. Gotcha. Which, Blast from the Future Past. <laughs> Ooh, okay, that's a cool idea. I like it. <laughs> that just sounds like a porn. <laughs> Does it? Does it though? Like maybe like a if, if you maybe go- like an X Men Days of Future Past porn parody. If you Googled Blast from the Future Past, are you telling me that you do not expect to see butts? No, not really. <laughs> what kind of stuff are you googling, Nathan? What? My God, uh, this is see. This is why we're supposed to cut the mic off. God. <laughs> All right, bye. That's why no one takes us seriously. That's why we don't take ourselves seriously.